Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Mind if I say I think you're a swell person? Hmm? You're very beautiful. So beautiful, I'm going to make you immortal. Hey, where's the girl? Well, you'll never see her again. I'll give you three to tell me where she is. I'm not kidding. If you were to kill me, you're leaving at large a monster that only I can control. Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema Podcast Universal Monster Series. I'm your host Jimbo. And joined by Kyle. Kyle, once again, joining us here for the podcast. Now, for this episode, uh, we are doing The Mummy's Hand. And me and Kyle decided we are going to try something completely different, completely off script here yeah, in a second. thrown at the wall. Let's so go. basically, um, we're going to cover the cast and, and the little things first. And then we're going to tell you to hit play if you're watching along with us. And we're going to walk through the movie and kind of give stuff as we go along, the plot and everything, and talk about the movie as we go along. So it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very different than what we've done before. So we figured we'd give it a shot. You know, yeah. why not? So um, we'll have to let you guys have to let us know if you like it or not. So um, a little crazy here. Kyle, go ahead and talk about the mummy's hand and stuff before we really right. start. I'll give you all the stuff I got here. I got we have the mummy's hand released on September twentieth of nineteen forty. 
directed by um, good old somebody's name that I don't have on there because it's spotted out by their printer out here. Oh, no, my, my <laughs> printer messed it up. Director unknown. I'll look it up real quick. Just well, no, you don't have to. We'll just say it when we go through. Uh, oh, yeah, because we we're going to through... see the credits. Right. Right. It was um, writers of Griffin J. and Mark Maxwell Shane. Producers Ben Piver, cinematographer Elward Burdell, and the editor was Philip Kane. The uh, movie has no gross necessarily, but we do have technical details. The runtime is 67 minutes. The sound mix is mono for the Western Electric Microphone recording. Color info is that it's black and white. The aspect ratio is that it's 1.37 by 1. That's necessarily well, yeah, 4 by 3, basically. And laboratory is the Universal Studios Laboratory in the US of A. The film length is 6 reels in length. The negative format is 35 millimeters, and the process is spherical. Next up, we have production dates. We have going from... <laughs> no, production status uh, and production dates. Um, <laughs> production dates are actually unknown. But for the filming locations, we do have the Universal Studios at 100 Universal City Plaza in Universal City at California, US of A. And next up, we're going on to awards, which there are none. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, now there was a awards way. and out. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're just gonna move on to my fair part. I'll just do my cast part real quick. I'm kind of playing things loosey goosey here. We have Dick Foran playing Steve Bannon, not the politician, but the this this guy. You recognize him from such films as the 1948 Fort Apache, the 1941 Riders of Death Valley, the 1963 Donovan's Reef. Next up, we have Peggy Moran playing Marta Sylvania. Um, we recognize her from 1940's One Night in the Tropics, the 1941 Horror Island, and the 1942 Seven Sweethearts. Going forward, we have Eduardo Celanelli Sil- um, playing the High Priest. You'll recognize him from the 1940 film Foreign Correspondent, the 1939 film Gunga Den, the 1940 film Mystery Mysterious Dr. Satan. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> 1944's Passage to Marsville. Going forward, we had Wallace Ford playing Babe Jensen. You'll recognize them from the 1932 film Freaks, 1943 film Shadow of Doubt, the 1950 film Harvey, and the 1965 film A Patch of Blue. And next up, we have George Zuko playing... Um, and Andohib, Andohib, Andohib. I, I'm getting that pronunciation perfectly, I'm sure. Um, we have him in the 1939 film Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the other 1939 film The Cat and the Canary, the 1942 film The Mad Monster, and the 1943 film Dead Man Walk. Next up, we have Cecil Kellyway playing Mr. Sylvania. Sylvania. Um, they were in the film, the 1942 film I Married a Witch. The 1946 film The Postman Always Rings Twice. The 1950 film Harvey. The 1967 film Guess Who's Coming. And the 1967 film Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, a classic. Going forward, we have Charles Throwbridge playing Dr. PGA. Um, you'll know him from the 1939 film The Man Who Could Not Hang. The 1940 film The Man with Nine Lives. The 1946 film The Valley of Zombies, great title. The 1947 film Tarzan and the Huntress. And. Last, we have Tom Tyler playing the mummy. You'll recognize him from a film we covered previously in the 1939 film Stagecoach. Then you'll recognize him from the, 19th, the 1930 film The Phantom of the West, the 1933 film Clancy of the Mounted, and he also played Captain Marvel in the 1941 film The Adventures of Captain Marvel, better known as Shazam nowadays. <laughs> so that is the cast of The Mummy's Hand. And I'll go ahead and throw out the facts here before we start the movie. Um, 
the mummy's hand is not talking about the actual mummy's hand. Me and Kyle discuss. It's more like the mummy's like right hand man, if yeah. you were like his servant, chief assistant, right? yeah, his secretary. Uh, to make the mummy appear more frightening, Tom Tyler's eyes and the inside of his mouth were blacked out frame by frame, in almost all of his close-ups. Meticulous work that has to be done. Uh, it pays off. It's good. For the scene where the mummy is seen close up or in medium shots, uh, Jack P. Pierce's painstaking makeup technique of gluing strips of cotton on Tom Tyler's face to create deep wrinkles were employed. But in long shots, Tyler wears a time-saving, much more comfortable rubber mask. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. Can you imagine how... Oh, Okay, that, that, that takes me... I'm going to have to tell this little story real quick. Go for it. And when I was in eighth grade, I was in the uh, Cinderella theater play for my school mm-hmm. and i played the king the, you know had a bald cap on everything well the, the the guy that played the guy with the monocle was in seventh grade grade lower than me yeah and he had this beard that he was supposed to wear or whatever with the mustache or whatever yeah well it kept falling off we did not do so <laughs> we put rubber oh, cement on the back of the thing it stuck it to his face. face and i <laughs> it stayed on and i, I remember no it was just me and him i think we just put it on there and i remember we went to the bathroom afterward and he's in there and he's trying to pull it off and he's just crying and, and it's like stuck to his he's like oh, <laughs> pulling it off. i felt so bad after that so all right oh Cinderella. that's great right Memories. um <laughs> scarring him for life <laughs> uh several shots of sequences in this film including the scene where cars is punished by being buried alive are lifted directly from the Universal's 1932 original version of The Mummy, the studio's philosophy being, why restage and reshoot something when we've already got it in the can? So they basically, you know, just use... Don't the fix what ain't broken. Exactly. Just use it works. Uh, the excavation scenes were shot at the Universal's backlot in a rocky desert-like section of the naturals known as Gosman's Gulch, named after Russell A. Gosman, set dire- uh, decorator of this film and many other Universal's horror films. So it was augmented with artificial rock faces and boulders. Dick Foran's character here uh, is of an adventurous archaeologist fascinated with ancient artifacts. It's kind of the partial inspiration for Indiana Indian. Jones. That's what I see. In all four Karis movies, the mummy has a disfigured and presumably useless right arm. Tyler's right arm is bent out at the elbow with his hand to his chest, and Cheney's hand and arms were tight against his chest. Um, reputedly made on a bare-bones budget of only $84,000, This film proved popular enough to relaunch Universal's Mummy franchise, which had lain dormant since the original 1932 Boris Karloff movie. $84,000. That's like, like, even with inflation, that's like what some actors get paid daily to be on set. Right. Uh, the Mummy's Hand was followed by three more films, The Mummy's Tomb, The Mummy's Curse, and The Mummy's Ghost, which I'm sure we'll eventually cover in Someday. the future. Yeah. So, now with that being said, I have no notes. We are going to do this old school style by clicking yeah. play. So, from the forebears of our yesteryear, are you comfortable, we're Kyle? Because we're getting ready to try this. for the first. This is the first time we've ever done this on The Tragedy of Cinema. Yeah. So this should be fun with Kyle. Kyle's always good for a laugh or two as the, we go along. The tragedy of Cinema 3000. Let's go. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and hit uh, play now. We are at the FBI. Hey, don't copy this. Uh, you could be punished in a $250,000 Support the official release, folks. Yeah. Um, Please. That's maybe. what I love about movies, man. I, you know, me and you both, we have quite the collection on Voodoo. You have like four times the amount I do, but... <laughs> Uh, we just love it. And what uh, I like about the start of this is they they start with the new Universal Earth spinning around, you know what I mean? And then as soon as this is over, you're going to see that they jump back to like the 1930s uh, era or 50s era uh, Universal thing with the black and white. Retaining it, the classic. Right. Era. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
What, 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 what year did you say this came out? I believe it was 1930. Oh, 1940, sorry. September, 3rd, September 20th, 1940. Right. That's the date it came out. So, so there you have the Universal Picture logo spinning around. Yeah, just, and here we go. Just over 81 years ago now. Yeah. Um, everyone's, everyone's dead. <laughs> here we go. Universal presents The Mummy's Hand. Dun, the dun, dun. Yay. And now we have the list of characters, the players. I just read those names. You know what that's? <laughs> All right. You could have just read them right here. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to mention the director or producer that you forgot. Yeah. Screenplay by Griffin J. Original story. Yeah. Uh, original story by Griffin J. Cool. Oh, director of, <laughs> director of photography. I did. We didn't just miss it already, did we? No. <laughs> That'd be so that. embarrassing <laughs> if we did. But I don't think we did. Hey, Kyle missed it again. <laughs> Um, if you look down there, you see that the Western Electric was part of it. But this is what I like about the old movies. You have the players. It's not the cast. It's the, the play. players. Yeah. It's, it's, it's know, a Nash the, style. I love it. It tells the you know the cast yeah. on one side and it tells who played them on the other side. So that's on pretty much all of them. There you go. Produced by Ben Parvar. I believe I did get that name, actually. So simply get the director's name, too. Directed by Christy K-Bain. K-Bain. Christy K-Bain. So was it directed by a woman? I that sounds unheard of for the time and I think that should have been in the trivia if it was right um, I have to look it up now <laughs> no I got it go ahead you got it okay. follow along go follow ahead. along we have a woman praying to the temple of the ancient gods for uh, oh, I believe uh, this is the mummy going through his process of being like oh we gotta make sure this guy is like super mummified again like cursed such as the curse of Amun-Ra king of all gods Cairo. I like how they just put that up there. Cairo. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Where are we at? Cairo. <laughs> That's where they have the signs there in Cairo all the time. Just signs. Hey, where are you at? Cairo. Just look up. You'll see a sign there. Then we have the man and the the fun hats. I forget the name of the hats. Yeah, what are those? The, the, uh, the fez. Fez. A fez yeah. hat. That's what it is. Classics think it's style. I wish they stayed in style, but I guess uh, the culture's changed a little bit. We don't wear fezes anymore. That's sad. Do I think the Shriners still wear them, don't they? Uh, I don't know. I have looked it up and uh, hopefully not offend anybody. <laughs> Um, let's see. We have oh man, the the the, the Fez man is riding the camel. And I thought this was funny because you can watch the camel. He's like, is this thing getting down? You know? yeah. like, he's like, oh, definitely a little uneasy. Like, yeah, he's not- like, he gets off. He tucks in his shirt. And everything. Like, oh, let me get on here. So you have this guy. Um, he's going to the. It looks like the temple where the mummy's right hand man usually sits. The guy that oversees the the mummy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell the set. You know, this was on the back studios. They said. Um, and then you have that one rock that has the face on it, you know. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Thumbie's place. Uh, and look at all the, for a look years, all the stairs there, man. That reminds me of, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, when he takes the slinky and puts him down <laughs> the stairs from the Aztec Temple or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking also like a similar set design we had when we watched Dracula's Daughter. It's like the same kind of level of just like wonky stairs and nothing, like looks a little bit off in a fun way, actually. Uh, just uh, really cool. Yeah. And here we go. He's actually arrived at the temple now. And uh, he is uh, speaking to, I believe, uh, an ancient priest of some degree. Um, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> I should fear. Oh, okay. For the Valley of Jackie again. He's talking like, I'm Christy an old man. I'm gonna Caban die. was actually a man. Christy Caban was a man. Chris Christy. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. I guess Christy is a, a, a mono gendered name, a degree. You know, to a degree. What do you think? Do you think Christy's a girl name? I don't know any Christy's. You don't know any Christy's? I yeah actually I, do. I, know. I know a lot of Casey's especially and Casey's, I didn't say Casey well, I said Christy Casey is a boys and girls name so I bet Christy could go the same way that's what I'm saying Christy goes both ways so this guy has arrived here and he tells um, oh that transition smells the smoke of the tells past. him to look hey look in this 
cauldron, if you will, cauldron of past scene. And it goes through and it shows how the uh, the one lady uh, forgot her name was buried alive, and they showing like basically they're taking her uh, to her final resting place. Uh, the king, what's her name, Eminophis. Yeah, he wanted to bid her farewell, so they're taking her. That's really cool how they have all the Egyptians, you know, lined up, uh, paying respect to him, and they bring her in there. I almost wonder if they use like a second mirror for that shot to make the tunnel look a little bit longer, possibly. But I don't think they did because it looks like it went continuous without a reflection of the uh, the actual the sarcophagus, basically. And then there was Kairos, who was a prince, and he loved her, and he just looks he looks depressed, man. Like man, I yeah. love this lady. Like man, I made four choices in my life. This is where I'm at, you know. Right, so you know he refused to believe that she was gone, and he just it shows him he's going to the statue, and he's going to uh, well, it's the altar room of Isis, I believe, and he goes in there to steal the secret of eternal life, which is the leaves. Um, I can't remember the name of the leaves at the moment. Uh, I'm sure I believe it'll say it. here in the, in the in the dialogue. Just but he knows that hey, name. if I use these, I can bring Anaka back to life. Is what the the rumor is on the street. Yeah. Um, he so, still the Tana leaves. Tana, that's what they were. Yeah, Tana leaves. So he opens it up, and there's like uh, just a whole chest full of these Tana leaves. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I can bring her back I, to life. I, and found, I, can... I got all these leaves, man. I can do whatever I want. And, and then that's really cool here is this statue just moves its right hand, and, and uh, you hear the dong, you know, he's... To signify the displeasure of the gods somehow. Right. Like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a trap to some degree. Yeah. So you see... Um, the guy with the tan sleeves he's at the tomb of the princess and he's trying to he's got the scroll out and he's getting ready to try to raise her and they come in and they busted yeah busted so man. now he goes before the actual and you see right there the actual the 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 commander racing mimic the same motion the the, the, the statue did yeah yeah so i thought that was really cool Mm-hmm. And here you see the the stock footage they reused from the original mummy where they were burying him alive. Uh, with love the in his eyes. It's so good. And that 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 goes to show you that you can have a lot of um, performances. Performances that you don't. Have, that's why some of the the silent movie eras were so good because people had to act out with their facial expressions. Yeah. In some cases, it may have been over-exaggerated, but also that that's still that exaggeration does convey a lot still in a really good way. So, so they're yeah. burying him alive. They have these uh, slaves, if you will, uh, taking uh, the coffin and they're throwing it in the ground. And yeah. this this is kind of uh, crazy, where they also buried the tana leaves with him, so he can never be up. And they turn around, and here is where I do believe they, <laughs> they shoot all the people that they just... Not shoot, but Nail, I mean spears... Yeah. All the slaves that just carried on, so they could not tell anybody because they were afraid that they were going to leak the information out to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows them all spirits. So then they end up digging up the coffin and the tana leaves, and they start carrying it and moving on to a, a different uh, grave, which is in a cave, which is on the side of the mountain, where is where we are located. Yeah. And you're coming back out of the cauldron now. And um, so basically this old leader of the mummy saying, I go, it's a 3000 years, you know, this Kairos guy as he has remained in this cave. Yeah. Just waiting. Um, just right here on the other side. Man. And he's like, he's waiting to bring death. Whoever tries to defile Anaka's tomb. So he's basically saying, you know, he's not really, he never really died. He's still, you know, he was still alive in there or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's, and he's going to be telling the secret here in a minute about why they use the Tana leaves. Um, so he's telling me, like, look, here, here's how here's how this is going to work. Over here under this idol, if you uh, go under there, there's a, like a secret thing. There is a, a, a treasure chest, basically, and this is the one that we saw um, the, the prince pull out that has all the tana leaves in it. And he 
the old guy saw him, hey, open it, and he opens it up, and he's like, Tana leaves. <laughs> you know? I don't even know like where they got the where they got the box from. Like, they just redecorate it like a soda cooler or something like that. And just like here we go, we'll just throw some ornaments on it, and that's good. Tanner leaves now. Of course, um, he's like he you know. Like tobacco leaves too. Just like that there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, bring me, you know, three of them. I think he says right. Yeah. Bring it to the royal hookah, and, yeah. he, and he throws it into the little. Um, what do you call those things? Like a. Urn or something like that, a pestle, or, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's like a um, a boiling pot, if you will. That's and he's yeah. telling him here, you know, that one on each night during the cycle of the full moon, you have to dissolve three leaves of the tana and give it to the flu and, and give the fluid to the charis. Charis, yeah, yeah. And um, the jackals are displeased. <laughs> he's like, hey, you hear this? <laughs> he's like, the children of the night. Uh, the, they howl about the hill of the seven jackals where Kairos must be fed. So he's like, you know, anybody that seeks to desecrate the tomb of Anaka, um, basically you use nine leaves and each night to give life and movement of Kairos and he's going to go kill him. Which is kind of weird because you wonder how many times that he's actually had to bring him to life to do that if somebody came to defile the tomb. Yeah. And how would you know that you need nine <laughs> yeah, there's really a lot of trial and error to get there. You can almost see like, oh, and this is like, this is like, yeah, you know, you brew more than nine, mm-hmm. you're gonna basically make him uh, unstoppable, basically. right? You're gonna give him a large amount of fluid and he, an uncontrollable monster. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you only do with nine, he'll listen to whoever. You know what I mean? Uh, but if so, you do more than that, he'll go. So too basically, far, like, what we're getting from this is, hey, for for the three three leaves, you have to do it every moon to keep him alive. I guess is what we're taking from this. Nine is this, hey, I'm in some trouble, you need to go kill this guy. And more than nine is... Dear, you, essentially, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so the old guy takes this medallion that he's had on to you, the medallion of the high priest. I guess that'd be the thing that the mummy listens to. Um, yeah. So this is very... I found this weird. You know, he's telling him to swear by the ancient gods, you know, do this, do that. And he's like, I swear on my life. That, uh, That's right. The know, power of Amon Ra. You know, and... The old guy's just like, okay, it's yours now. And then he just kind of just <laughs> kills over. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, he kills over and dies. Yeah. As you do as an old man, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> and, you oh, know. Oh, gods of Egypt. <laughs> so he knows that the successor has been chosen. He's like, may you find him worthy. And he's like, you know, basically, my watch is done. And he just slumps over and dies. So now we have this new guy. Uh, and he's like, oh, he's kind of sad. So then we go to a cutscene. Now here you see, I guess this is Egypt in the yep. 50, uh, 40s. Yeah. Or even the late 30s, being on the filming, the filming dates, which didn't have. Right. Yeah. This guy right here, uh, he is hilarious the entire movie. Hmm. They call him Babe. Babe, his name's this, Babe. This is where the movie felt like it was going a little more like slapstick. We're almost like Abbott and Costello meet Mummy or something like that. Like, But not quite that far, but like a halfway point maybe, where it's like, these are just some nincompoops yeah. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on an archaeological journey. <laughs> Not all of them, just just the babe guy. The other guy seems like he has a head on his shoulder, you know what I mean? Well, he's the straight man to the funny man. That's that. Right. You know. <laughs> um, so he's just wanted to get back. He's like, hey, I'm going to go get Coney Dogs and all that, you know, in yeah. Brooklyn tonight. Um, but the other guy, he's he's looking at all the shops here. Um Hey, you cooks that you pay for it. Yeah. Uh, That's so he, he's, he's looking at all these archaeological or all these vases. Mm-hmm. And this guy right here, you need to pay attention to because he's important. The guy that's asking for alms, he plays a role later on the money. So Steve throws a couple of coins down his way and he's buying it and all that. And like, um, it's actually, it's real, all kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. No one does And he wants anymore. him to read his fortune. 
He's like, <laughs> don't you ever shave? You know what I mean? I was like, man, this guy's so just... mean. So he's looking at him, and you can tell right now that that guy is up to no good. Mm-hmm. So now you got baby. <laughs> this is where he goes, and he starts dancing with this uh, uh, like animatronic doll. Or yeah, something like that. yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. And this lady comes up. He's like, hey, you like it? <laughs> he's like. Yeah, it reminds me of somebody. I just can't remember who right now. I think that was hilarious. Yeah, really She's like, hey, this is a real Egyptian. She comes from Bazaar of Aisha. Uh, and she said, luck. brings good luck. Yeah. That's the thing about all street vendors. Everything you buy there brings good luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's like, hey, where did this vase come from? He's like, oh, it came from far, far away. From, it was over there in Arab. He's like, hey, this is a very old, old Call piece. Poopsie. Yeah, he's going to call the doll Poopsie. Um, You're Egyptian doll Poopsie. <laughs> Yeah, he says, he called him, hey, babe. <laughs> She's yeah. like, who, me? <laughs> and he's like, no, he means me. That's why I was confused when I first watched it. I was like, what? He's like, how much money? He's like, $38. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, folding money, the one that you keep in your shoe. He's like, the $84. So he says, what do you do? You $84 big... in a shoe? Wow. Yeah. That's some big shoe. I can't keep $84 in my shoe. <laughs> he's like, well, you want to pay $75 for this? You know, it's for a broken all of money. <laughs> Taking off his shoes, you know, he's seventy five dollars. And there's this uh the old the, guy the beggar is like listening over him, yeah. Right. So they know um you know, he's he's wanting to get this boss. He doesn't understand the significance of it at all. Right. Not but, yet uh, at least. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if the guy that was alms knew. What? I wonder if the guy that was doing the alms knew. Oh, doing the alms? Like, it's clearly had some suspicion. Like, and if it did, that. why why would he just let it be out there on the street vendors like that? It's just one of those things. I guess it's better to, like, if, if you place the bait down, then you know how to get him in the trap. You know, versus, like, if right. you let anyone discover it, then, like, you know. Or, like, if you try and hold on to it too much, then, like, other people will come from everywhere. So, like, so they take the vase back to, I guess, a museum, science center or something. archaeological. examined. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, look, you know, these are, these are, you know, uh, this is a great archaeological importance to us. And uh, Babe's like, hey, you know, that sounds good. You you think it'd be worth a lot of money? Say like the $75 I just spent on all this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they've discovered that it is what the Hill of the Seven Jackals. Yeah. And this and is where we meet Professor Andoheb. 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 Which is very interesting. George Zuko. Yeah. Because isn't he the high priest right now? I believe he is. That's 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 what we're going to lead to here in the future. I don't think it's fully revealed yet, but yes, right. That's the man we saw earlier before, but now we've actually seen him. Yeah, you know, in the prequel, in the prequel scene, whatever. The prequel, the prequel scene. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, look, you know, the temple son of the Gobi, the Inca ruins in Mexico, the lost Himalayan city. He's naming all these articles. So he's a he's obviously a man of. Uh, Many travels. The, not, not him, the other guy, the Steve. Yeah. Uh, so they said Steve Banning found this in the in the the bazaar, if you will. And he's like, "Oh, this is interesting." He's like, "You think so?" He's like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "These are hieroglyphs." He said, "We thought that you know, without this, he said this is one of the clever uh, imitations I've ever seen." So he's just <laughs> yeah, downplaying it immediately, right? Even though it's pretty clear that he knows that like something's up with this, even though we're trying to pass it off as just a poor, poor imitation, he knows it's the real deal. Right. He says, what makes you think that you don't think this is in, uh, authentic? He's like, think, Mr. Banning? He's like, I have a, devoted my entire life to the study of Egyptian hieroglyphs. And now she's, you know, I'm thought of basically as somebody as an authority on this subject. I'm one of the best of the best of the best. You're questioning it's, it's, me it's, and my professionalism? I've been with the Cairo, Egypt, you know, I've had dozens of vases exactly like this. 
The Cairo Bazaars do a thriving business selling them to the tourists because that's what tourists do. Yeah. In other words, they, he, he's trying to tell them he's been swindled and all those kind of things, even though, like, if anything, he stumbled upon the real thing. So. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, I believe uh, Babe is trying to, he's trying to sell it even as a great swindle. Like, it's still cool, right? It's still yeah. worth $5, <laughs> right, right, right? Just desperately trying to get his money back, and he's just a, a funny character. I like him a lot. He's like, um, yeah. But now we got to go investigate the real places, the Hill of the Seven Jackals, the Tomb of Nanaka, and all this kind of thing. He said, hey, won't you finance our expedition, basically, you know, um, if, yeah. if, it, if Princess Nanaka's tomb is found yeah. in the Hills of the Seven Jackals. He's like, you know, people's tried, and they've tried to find it, and they were never heard of again. You know, that's one of the most dangerous regions in doing everything to downplay I'm like one I will not finance it and two if you do find financing it's insanely dangerous it's not worth it don't even bother with it because it's such a, it's a, it's a fool's like, errand here's where he drops the vase and destroys it he did it on purpose you know yeah. he's like hey let me uh, let me have a lot of pay for this he's like hey that thing costs a 70 I mean $300 or $150 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so I think Steve's starting to see hey why did he do this you know what I mean and now you can see the professor. He's like um, the the uh, beggar now comes in to see the professor, yeah. and they discuss what the uh, about what that uh, archaeologist thinks about the vase, and tries to think about what their next course of action is. You know, because now they know he's something to worry about. Yeah. So they go back in the other room, and they're like, "Hey, I still think this is real, don't you?" He's like, "I do." He's like. Um, yeah, Steve Bannon is still committed to the idea that this is a real vase and he wants to go do that. So he's going to try and get the money, get the funding for his expedition, expedition. into that region of the uh, the land of the Seven Hills, where we call that, I believe, the, the Seven Jackals. Seven, the Hills of the Seven Jackals. The hills of the Seven Jackals, yes. And he brings out his... Yeah, and then, so we're back in the other room and the... the um, Ando have reveals his medallion uh, that it makes him the new protector of the Temple of the Ancient Gods. For, yeah, Kuo and Bayanda shall be his fate. So uh, we go through a cutscene again, um, and now you see... Oh, uh, this is where the great Salvini comes in. Yeah, so uh, Babe is at the uh, doing a little card trick at the uh, bartender. Um, this is definitely the this is definitely the scene of the movie that first commanded my attention. Everything else is a little bit like, eh, movie's going on, movie's going on. But then seeing Babe do the card tricks and swindling the bartender and everything like that, this is a lot of fun. And he gets <laughs> really a free drink. It. You know, what I mean, he's like, he's yeah. like, look, you've been beating me all week at these card games. What's what's the give? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's this thing? He's like, that's my poopsie. It's a dancing Egyptian doll that he brought up. It's a Gucci dancer. Oh, man. Uh, oh, get away with that only nowadays. Um, and here we see Steve joining Babe at the back, back of the bar and uh, discussing like um, how um, Steve has struggled to get funding still. So he said he's heard no in a bunch of different languages from other people he's trying to convince to get funding from. Um, so it's clear they still have to find funding as they're going forward. So this thing's going to be all about that, them trying to find someone who financed them in the bar. Um, so the Museum of Manhattan specifically, they said, like, no. No, no thanks. Like, we think you're cool, but we're not going to give you thousands of dollars just to, you know, look for a tomb that may not even exist or you get killed. Yeah. No. They said basically all they need is a couple measly thousands of dollars. A couple thousands of dollars. No big deal. <laughs> A couple thousands of dollars of 1940 money. But they I'll did, do that adjustment real quick. But they did, they did get a permit to dig basically anywhere they want in Egypt. So Yeah, they can't just make that happen, so that's good. Let's see here. And here comes uh, Santa V. <laughs> He's like, hey, look, there's Santa Claus. Yeah. No, but... Uh, I want a fire truck. So this is where the Babe says, hey, I'm going to go 
pull a trick on this guy. Yeah. This is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, fun fact real quick. Uh, $2,000 in 1940 would be equivalent to about $40,000 of today's money. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so... Not actually, that's a pretty affordable expedition, I think, uh, considering all things considered. Yeah. Salvini the Great. Yeah, and, the and, and they see the same as Salvini, and Babe has not seen it. And Steve's trying to say, "Hey, hey!" Uh, trying to punch him on the shoulder, like, "Hey, yeah. look over here, the sign," and he, like he's just ignoring him. But he said, "Hey, let's up the stakes." He's like, "If I, if I, if I, if I, if you don't guess it, then you have to buy drinks for the entire place." So <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, Steve knows, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna just. Stay away. Yeah, so yeah, everybody gathers it's, it's around. A, it's a short thing. Yeah. He said, "Pick a card." He's like, "Any card?" He's like, "Okay, I'll take this one." It's like I think two two, of, two hearts, I believe two hearts, two of spades. He's like, "Now shuffle them." And Mister Savani does an excellent shuffle. I'm sure no forces there. <laughs> yeah, and if you you see, uh, Babe has a card right in the back of his neck collar. <laughs> yeah, and it's the two of it's the card that he had. Yeah. And he's like, "Now your card was, uh, your card was what?" And see, the thing is, um, Sovini has stuck that card behind his neck, which is yeah. hilarious. This is a great trick. Yeah. Now he's he's this like, outright. Uh, I was like, "I give up." What was your card? The two of hearts. <laughs> yeah. So you go through the heart. He's like, "There ain't no two hearts in this deck." Not he's like, "Not the aggressor is." He said, "Watch." And he just put it on there. <laughs> Great scene, great scene. So, uh, Sovini put the card back on top, but he's the greatest magician. So now everybody's buying the drinks. And you see Babe, he's like, How are you going to pay for all these? He's like, No, I'm problem. sure you got money. And he pulls out money out of <laughs> out of Babe's front pocket. He's like, Whoa, yeah. how did I get it there? So he's clearly just having fun with them, not actually holding to account of all those, like, of that gamble. Right. So, incredibly nice guy, actually, but a fun trick nonetheless. I just love it's it. It's great. He's doing some uh, bunch of crazy things where he's like, hey, I need a light. And he pulls out a lit candle from his coat pocket. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, he, he... That guy clearly we enjoyed to be around. <laughs> oh, man, he looks fun. Yeah. Uh, Salvini looks like he was a great guy. Uh, he played a good part in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, first and foremost, you know, I'm here for show business. He's like, my real name's Tim Sullivan. Tim Sullivan, Sullivan from Brooklyn. Oh, Greenpoint. <laughs> Greenpoint. <laughs> He's like, oh, I haven't been there in years. So now they're like old chums now because they're both from New York, Brooklyn. Yeah. So they know their whole, they have a mutual history. Yeah. So, so here we have the old beggar again. Old guy. Yep. Yeah. And, um,. I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> well, predestination or... Predestination. Did, 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 no, I have no idea. It's a big word. It's got a lot of syllables. I got a lisp. You can't, I can't do that here. <laughs> like I said, this is live, folks. We're doing it right now. <laughs> so now Babe's thinking, hey, you know, this guy seems like he's got money. He's pretty famous. think we should let him in on what we're doing here. He's like, oh, no, no. Which is literally another kind of swindle in its own way of just like, oh, no, don't tell him about our big money venture. Because he's going to, and of course, getting his curiosity for him to look into investing in. They said, okay. They Fine. Said, Twist our arm and we'll tell you all about we, this. We got something that's going to make us rich and famous. Yeah, rich and um, famous. Who, who would want to be like that, though? <laughs> yeah. I would hate to be rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, he's saying, "Look, I'm an archaeologist, you know, and I've got a clue about the possible location of the tomb. Yeah, it's only take a couple of thousand to outfit the expedition." So the arms guys sitting there listening, and now they're 
ripping down the poster of the great Salvini. The great for making room for probably. I guess that that man is probably going to be at a fighting show later. <laughs> Strongest man alive. And now life. we come to the uh, hotel room where this beautiful, attractive young lady is packing up. Mrs. New Love Interest. Yes. <laughs> um, the the stuff and uh, is this uh, what's his name? Emna Hop. Uh, uh, What's his name? And the hop. Uh, uh, yeah, Professor Endahab. Endahab. Yeah. Endahab. Uh, so this is where he comes in, and he's like, "Look, you know, I've been watching your father, and you know, I, I think he's a great artist, and you are most charming." He's like, "She's like, well, thank you very much. Do you mind if I go on with my packing?" Because they're like, "Hey, we're we're leaving. We're getting out of here. Getting out of town. Like the show's over. We got to move on to the next place." He's like, "Well, when are you leaving?" She's like, "Well, we're leaving tonight." And he's like, "Oh, you know, we're gonna be sorry to lose your this artist. He's he's been doing some great things here." And she's like. I don't think I understand you, Professor. She's like, ah, oh, Marta, you know, for some reason, you know, there's been strangers and, and swindlers here in Egypt that try to come up with these fabrications of tombs to, you know, to go find these tombs that have been sealed in these past, you know, and a lot of these people that go out on these uh, in the future to, on these quick get-rich-quick schemes, yeah. basically, they all into tragedy. Yeah, they all into tragedy. You're going to get swindled. She's like, yeah, well, you know, what's that got to do with me? She's like, well, and, and this guy's like, well, I believe your father... May have may have just come upon been swindled. Like he may have been invested into this. Yeah, she's like, well, I, you know, I don't understand. That's preposterous. She, she just went to the bar. No one. She's like, the we'll, the bar. we'll be on the boat in an hour. She's yeah. like, my father's out of buying the tickets right now, and he's like, well, I'm happy to hear that. You know, and he, she's like, I hope don't take offense that it is I. You know, a total stranger should be warning you that this is happening with your father. She's like, nah. She's like, I'm grateful. It's, it's so nice of you, actually. No, I can. Yeah, <laughs> so the only person must leave our country. I yeah, agree. so he's. Bit he's, of a creep. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of uh, basically giving her a compliment, a backhanded compliment as he's leaving, hmm. and he's gone out of the shot. He's gone forever. So she's like, "Well, that was kind of weird." She looks around. Now she's mad. Now she's like, "Well, I'm sure my father did do something like this." Yeah. So here comes the old arms guy, almost for the poor. He's back at the bar again, uh, or still at the bar, and he's speaking in foreign language to these guys. I don't know what he says, but I think you know. <laughs> basically, no. they got money. We're going to beat them up is what I gave them. Yeah. The, the so they idea. sign a contract, Salvini and the two guys, you know. Pour uh, drinks. They drink to their good, good fortune and all that good stuff. Like, they, you know, they both got locked into a good thing now. So they feel good about it. Yeah. And now the great Salvini is uh, <laughs> filling his glass with uh, Babe's finger. Yeah. <laughs> using Babe's finger to fill all the other glasses in the part two. Um, incredible magic trick. You know, don't know actually how they did a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Even now, I'm like, I don't know that trick. That's a really good one, though. Yeah, it's impressive. No. Magicians have been doing amazing stuff for. You know, <laughs> Babe's like trying to squeeze his finger, like, hey, what? Can I get that? more? Is how I get free liquor now? <laughs> um, you can tell that they've been drinking a lot already. Mm-hmm. So now the table where the almost guys were. Um, they come over there, and the guy runs right into Salvini. Mm-hmm. And here we go. They start the fight. Yep. And chairs being broken. So this is your own bar fight. Salvini's got his cane. <laughs> you, see, you see the wall kind of almost right. fall off there. And, and you know you know what I get from this, watching Salvini. This reminds me of the old uh, 60, uh, 66 Batman, where they do the bim, bam. Yes, it really Especially Salvini, because he's got his cane like the penguin would have, and, you know, kicking... Bam! Bam! <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what it reminds yeah, it me really of. Is, it really is. You're right. Um, you're dead hey, on. Uh, the poof, poof. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah. He's he exactly the window and trying is. to get out. Yeah. And they're just, they, yeah. So Steve's in there still fighting like four people. The other two already ran off. And they, <laughs> yeah, because Steve's a lady man. He can fight him in full man, no problem. But, like, you know. The, the bartender's just like, stop. It's stop. like, stop destroying my bar. Oh my God. 
gosh. Can you not? Does that not scream Batman to you? Yes, absolutely. Oh, and I like, he's just yelling for the police help. Well, he doesn't leave to go get him or anything. He no. just stands behind the bar and yells. So now the lady is back at the um, hotel. Yeah, the and she's waiting for her father. He comes in drunk, basically. Yeah, he's, he's clearly had his happy hour. <laughs> She's like, oh, so you're back. He's like, I've been getting the tickets. Yeah, and nothing else peculiar, I promise. She said, you made me do all this packing. She's like, look, you don't have to pack. She's like, she's like what are you talking about? What would you get us into now, basically? He's like, well, you know, um, guess what? <laughs> I have found a way to become rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, did I ever show you this one? He takes his hat off. She pulls off, and it's a goldfish in the water. Yeah. You know, I'm still amazed by some magicians sometimes, you know. The, the stuff they come up with, sleight of hand, they're still very entertaining. It's incredibly impressive. <laughs> he yeah. this, this scarf out of his sleeve, you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. It's incredible the amount of training that goes into, like, like uh, I know, like, a like a famous musician, like, Pendulette, you said, like, it's like it's like 500 hours of training for 30 seconds of entertainment, you know, right. like, how, or, to get it perfect. Or, like, Chris Angel. Yeah. <laughs> Mind freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so basically she's like hey look what'd you do you found an expedition that's gonna get us rich and famous she's like well yeah how'd you know and he's like that fake mind reading I've taught you is really rubbing off on you yeah I knew it was real you Mm -hmm. you just got swindled again basically she's like tell me you didn't how could you she's like these men are swindlers she's like I was warned yeah. He said, he said, I was warned by a random man, so he must be right, and he, he must be wrong. She said, they can't be. I've got a contract. So he starts pulling stuff out of his pockets that are all part of his magic illusions, like a light bulb. <laughs> they blows uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, here it is somewhere. There it is. Oh, uh, oh that's gigantic two, cards. Two giant plane cards. A dead skunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and behind your back, here's this contract. She's like, when are you going to grow up? Look, for never, us, never. We were all doing very well. That man's been a man child since birth. <laughs> yeah. Trying to be good for moths. Yeah. 2000 to finance research for the tomb of a knockout. I wish I could go to a bar and fight a man to finance me $40,000. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just sounds like, it's an expedition. Don't worry. Just give me 40 grand. It'll be fine. <laughs> so like, he's still doing magic. He's pulling out flowers. It kind of makes you wonder how many tricks he has in up his sleeve in this, on this person, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Clearly he has like said, a honey, these aren't fly. tricks. These are good people. <laughs> he's like, well, where do they live? He's like, uh, what do they do? He's like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've had drinks since then. Like, I went through <laughs> the window. He's like, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I was thrown out of a window after you're paying 40 grand. <laughs> She's like, you mean you gave him all this money and you don't even know where they live? So he opens up his trunk. And he's going to take, uh, I think, change his clothes. Yeah. Oh, no, he's throwing all this trick stuff in there. And so she finds out that, hey, you know, on the uh, top of the letter, that the contract, it said the Cairo Hotel, so she knows where to go. Takes out the fake revolver. She shoves him. He goes flying into his the great Sylvania trunk. And she locks the trunk. Yeah, traps him in the trunk. She opens it up, and he's, he's gone. gone. <laughs> yeah, so now he's in one of the cases behind her. He's like, hey, get me out of there. I can't get out. She's like, you got the key? Or he's like, you got the key? She's like, nah, you need to stay in there. So you can stay out of trouble. It's like, man, this lady's... So here we see... They've poops. clearly stunned us a time or two. <laughs> Next thing we see old Poopsie dance on the table, and uh, Babe is loving it. So there's a knock on the door, and here comes old... What's her name? Greta? Or no... Uh, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it is not, uh, oh my gosh, I have to get her name right. 
so she oh. pulls out the gun, the fake gun, a revolver on Babe. Oh, Maria. Maria. Yeah, and she's Something asking, like hey, are you Steve Banning? Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. She's like, I'll get Steve. And so she, she shoots into the... She makes like a heart into the wall or something, doesn't she? Is it a heart? I think it's, yeah, making a heart. Yeah. And then one right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Which makes me the question, how many how many bullets does that gun hold? Uh, I believe it's just the river 600 revolver. Well, that was 10 shots there, I think. Yeah. I so basically, like, look, everybody, um, give me back the money for my father. Like, you got more father? than 10 on there, actually. That looks like a lot. <laughs> She's like, oh, there's the guy you want, Steve Manning. She's like, look, like, I'm not falling you. for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he grabs the gun from her, shoves her down on the, the, the thing. And if you know, where's the gun? The gun's not in his hand right now. He just yeah, took it from her. A little her. poor con- scene continuity, possibly. Yeah, and yeah. I think it shows up right in the, in the next scene, too, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Because that's one thing that stood it's out It's just that smooth guns disappear. He's like, well, look, we're not crooks. They said, we'll just, we'll just believe in what we do. And he's like, well, she's like, oh, so you'll be giving us the money back. He's like, well. Yeah. Gotta get no. Nope. She said, uh, it's already spent. She's like, he's like, we've already spent it on the natives to help. You dig up the equipment. Yeah. All the supplies I need, they already, they already spent the money, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, well, I'm sorry, you know, I thought your father was a wealthy man. And wouldn't be a problem, you know, but he's like, he yeah, we didn't even know she had, he had a daughter. Yeah. You know, like, that would have Never made even a difference. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, look, uh, Dr. Petrie and Eminent Archaeologist will vouch for us, you know, we're, we're intend to find the tomb and we're going to show the proceeds equally with your father. Yeah. And she's right. like, well, just the same, you know, uh, you're not going to trap me into going on anything like that. He's like, wait a minute. Who said you were going to go? She said, I did. <laughs> she said, I don't think I'm let my father go out there alone. You know, you're basically going to try to get more money from him. And then we'll leave. We'll be right with you every single minute on this expedition. And Steve's like, well, great. And then Babe's like whistling. Uh, and he's like, hey, Steve, you know, can a woman go nuts from getting sawed in half too many times? <laughs> it happens to all of us we get saw in half it's a funny joke yeah Babe is a, is a, is a just highly to be seen so then we have little cut scenes of camels and people walking through the desert over the little sand dunes uh, I see them pickaxing and shoveling and Doing moving work, big rocks work and, montage this route nowadays we put like a nice musical upbeat over the whole thing <laughs> working all day doing all stuff finding rocks and of course, they're not just not quite finding anything just yet, but you know that's just how expeditions go, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and see, you got um, they're like got the panhandle, the old uh, panhandling a uh, sifter thing. No, the like. yeah, what do you call that? Uh, basically, when you go look for uh, jewels and all that excavating, you know the oh. the little shaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there was any diamonds or I anything, th- I thought it was called a sifter. That's what that was. Like, oh well, like, maybe I, it is. I didn't hear what you said. It is. It is definitely a sifter. I am an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, uh, Kyle calls it the sifter. It's, so. it's Kyle sifter. I'm going to trademark it right now. Can't use a sifter now without my express written permission. That's how it goes. It's, I'm, I'm the law. So basically, um, mm-hmm. we're sending some explosives to demo out some stuff and just like all those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they basically look. They're going to try to blow this up, and they don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and then they find something. Somebody yells for them to find something. And they go over there and look. And it is Kyle? It is the the uh, the corpse of the mummy, basically. The uh, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Oh, wait. No, no uh, it's not. Wait, 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 wait. 
This was, was one of the expeditions that disappeared. Oh, this is the previous expedition. You're right. My <laughs> bad. God, he was way off. I am zoned out right now. I'm so transfixed. I don't even know what's going on. Yeah, but Who am I? Where's they horse? found the locket and had the the guy and the girl in there. So he's like, look, this is Doctor So and So, and it was the guy that basically, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel so foolish. The, 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 all the all the all the people that are digging, they run away because they're like, look, we're not touching this, this place. Is cursed. We don't want to be any part of this at all. Now we got a whole avalanche because the explosion went off. So we got to see like what's going on, what they uncover. He's like, babe, babe, where are you? And he's like, what happened? He's like, you all right? He's like, yeah, you know, I just started to hook the wire to the detonator to stop the dynamite. Boom, here I am. Yeah. And this is where the one guy's like, hey, we totally uncovered this thing. Perfectly preserved. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like the entrance to the tomb. This is an unholy tomb, though. It's the seal of the seven jackals. Spooky, spooky. It's very spooky, Jim. Yeah, so they're gonna go. F- they're gonna try to break in there and like, look, this is unholy. <laughs> it's an all the guys start oh, running. Yeah, like, look, you guys are gonna bring on the wrath of the gods. He's like, uh, go get them back. You know, we we gotta we gotta get in here. So they start going into the digging into the um, mm-hmm. cave, if you will, the side of this mountain. They never do a movie where, like, the archaeologists trust the natives there when all the natives run off. It's like, don't go in there. And, like, they should have the archaeologists go, like, actually. And at the top like, of the cliff, you see uh, the... Uh, the professor, Andoheb, and the beggar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have made it inside now. So now, we know, according to um, the beginning of the movie, that, you know, if you feed him nine leaves, it will kill whoever or whatever. So they go in the, inside this... And this is what I this is what it's hard to understand. You know, this cave basically just has this one little tomb, this one little coffin in it. Yeah. You know, and they take it, they they open up like the I guess what do you call it, like the uh, the sarcophagus box, the box of the sarcophagus. Right. Uh, so so then they actually pull out the coffin. You know, it look, kind of looks like your King Tut. Yeah. To, uh, it's King the coffin, Tut coffin coffin coffin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, they they start pulling out the coffin. They remo- they remove the. Uh, uh, literally, they're like, you know, you need to be careful. You know what I mean? And then they take off the coffin. And, you know, it just pops right off. It's not like it's sealed or anything. You know? yeah, it's not dirty or anything. It looks brand new. And uh, Maria gasps as she <gasps> looks. And there he is, the mummy yeah. himself. Yeah, looks, looks fantastic. Looks really well. Yeah. Um, like, hey, this ain't the Princess Anaga. This is a man. Yeah, she's just a dude. Who cares about And he dude? says, this is, this is what I don't understand. Because he said, look, this is the finest preservation I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that transition right there? That the the mummy's eyes were right there where the moon glow is. Oh, I thought that was great, really cool. Great, little, little but uh, detail. here's what I don't understand. Let me throw this. Quick. And yeah, well, now right. we're sitting outside at the tomb. If he says this is the finest state of preservation he's ever been in, the mummy was never preserved. Yeah, but also like since he was never truly dead, he, like you know he never actually rotted away. So to him, it's preservation. But to the mummy, it's just like I never rotted in the first place. You know, so. But it's not really pres- preservation because he's still alive. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, very interesting it's, it's there. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. So, oh, he's bad work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're basically saying, "Hey, um, we never had no full moon here before." You know, so that's why the jackals are going crazy over the hills. You know, and because they discovered the mummy's body, the mummy's uh, sarcophagus. Now, like everything's going to go bad. Right, you don't disturb the dead, folks. It's kind of a cardinal rule of all societies. So there's the howling of the jackals, and we you we, can see we, the um, skull in the clouds too. They did that too. That's pretty impressive. Right. So we've said, you know, um, 
basically, you know, uh, the professor and the hieroglyphs, they're, they're in there, you know, the doctor, you know, what did the lines on the face mean? So they have the mummy laid out on the table. And he's like, look, there's only one, there's lines on his face, there's only one thing. He was actually buried alive. You know, he must have struggled and, you know, these band- with these bandages. He's like, it's a terrible way to die, you know, probably for some... Extreme criminal, basically. Right. Like that. Yeah. Like someone who disgraced the gods. Like someone who offended society to such a point that they had to mummify him while he was still alive. Sounds absolutely vicious. So he said, you know, it feels like living tissue. And he's like, this is the most amazing example of embalming I've ever seen. Yeah. So basically, the archaeologist doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Can't really reason with it. It's like, this is just incredible. I love it. Now, we'll clearly entertain the idea like, well, maybe he was never dead. And here they grab a whole handful of the tana leaves. Which is interesting because they're out of the... So do they have some in the tomb with him and they also have some at the chest still? Yeah, in the box, yeah. And, you know, if you go back to the beginning of the movie, they say... um, they say that for 3,000 years or mm-hmm. whatever, that's a lot of tanna leaves. Do they just go pick them somewhere or, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It isn't like how do you get that supply of tanna leaves. Like even if you fill a jar with it, if you're using three a day, you know, all of a sudden you're going to go through. Is it three a day or is it three every full moon, wasn't it? I uh, think so. Well, even then, even at three over like three thousand years, that's that's a lot of tan leaves. That's a lot of tan leaves. So there has to be some replenishing aspect of the tan leaves that we don't know about, right? So the doctor or the both of the archaeologists like look, you know, um, we I think they use them for embalming or things. So then he comes outside and the jackals are howling and, and the um, clearly it's great distress to the native workers, especially. Yeah, like, they're like, like they, they know death like, and evil tonight. spirits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like you open an holy grave, you know, and. I can't stay. This guy's out too. Yeah, he does not want to be caught up in whatever these people get into. No. So here you see the old professor at at Endohead. Endohead. And he comes in. And he's like, "Hey, where'd you come from?" He's like, "The important thing, Doctor, is that, that I'm, I'm here." here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You knew about this tomb?" He's like, "Of course I knew about this tomb, pretty much." Um, he's like, "There's something sign that you know you should uh, not be brought to light." And some, or some that should, and some that should be left alone. He's like, you mean we never should have came to this cave? He's like, since you are here, I think it is fitting that you should learn exactly what you've stumbled upon. Yeah. So he's like, come. This is fantastic right here. Yeah. He's like, for a scientist, you are very unobserving, Dr. Petit. I think Petit is his name, ain't it? I believe so. Yes, correct. Petit. Petit. Uh, I'm trying to find his last name here. Oh, it's just Dr. Petri. Dr. Petri. He said, by, like a Petri dish. But this guy has a pulse beat. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. This He's like, watch this vial of fluid from the nine tana leaves. And he's like, amazing. watch this. And he takes this little vial. He's like, look, it doesn't mean anything to you, doctor. He's like, well, watch what happens when, you know, he drops the vial into the mummy's lips. Mm-hmm. Dripping, dripping. And the doctor looks, and his facial expression is like, basically. It's impossible. It's being faster. It's coming alive. It's alive. And you see the mummy swallow. Mm-hmm. And here you get the whole mummy's arm starts moving. Yeah. The mummy's hand. The mummy's hand. Oh, that's the title of the movie. And he grabs up, and here his eyes are open, and they are just black. Yeah. Full on, just terrifying. He Looks just, amazing. Yeah, he does. He grabs him with the left hand, and he starts choking the life out of him. Yeah. I love the lighting in this situation too. Where they put the light over Doctor uh, Professor Abdomen's eyes to be like all more focused on his attention and how clothed in darkness. So basically, is. the priest just put a curse on him that said, "Hey, any of you that enter this valley, you're all gonna die. The curse is upon you all." 
So uh, Babe and uh, Steve go running into the tomb, and hey, the mummy's gone off the table. And he's like, well, who would have done that? You know what I mean? He was he was kind of heavy, if you will. Yeah. Can't just pick up a mummy and just kind of fill out a slope. And there it's you see the body. doctor on the floor, and guess what? <gasps> oh, R.I.P. No. What could have happened? So, Poor um, Dr. Petri. We if you're keeping you. track at home, that is body count number one. Number one. Numero uno. So far. Yeah. Um, Will there be more? Stay tuned to find out. Now we go to another black cut scene. And we're now back at the um, high priest chambers, if you will. Yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, to the um, the beggar guy, he's like, you're going to take this uh, vial and you're going to place it in one of the tents of the be- of the uh, excavators. He's like, well, I understand. He's like, well, then go, you know, get out of here. Um, and you go to another cutscene, and now you got Salvini doing another magic trick, right? Yeah, kind of explaining the, the fundamentals of it to a degree. Yeah, and there he goes, swallows a rock, opens his mouth, and gets to swallow it. It's gone. Magic. And he gets it out of his ear. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. <laughs> Delightful. Stay tuned on next week on the Tragedy Cinema where Kyle eats a rock. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first or last time, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, so here goes the other guy. He tries to do it. He puts it in his mouth. You need your calcium. <laughs> Still a rock in his throat. That's not good. <laughs> I found out the trick doesn't work that well. <laughs> and the other guy said, like, you know, that's such good. And here's the mummy, man. Look how awesome he looks. It looks fantastic. Like a living statue. It's incredible. He's like, look, you know, I can tell you tell you where to find the floor that gives you life. Mm-hmm. I love this way they direct the light in black and white films so much. Like, it's like you, you really do lose that in color films, especially where it's like you don't have just like the way they got the shadows perfectly aligned to it. They got so good. In this, he said, in this look, era. you want to have use of that uh, other arm and your other foot. You know, it, I'll tell you where to find it. He's like, you want it? He's like, he's down in the tents of the white men. Mm-hmm. And so the mummy's like, hey, 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 I'll do just, the thing then, I guess. Yeah, so he's he's starting to. Poor guy. Trying to get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just want to help the mummy out, really. Well, I remember spraining my leg one time when I was at our old house, dude. And trying to cl- climb up a stair with a sprained leg, it's, it hurts. So. Oh, that just had knee I kind of look, like, like, I look like the mummy going up through there. Yeah, yeah. I know the mummy feel. Yeah. Yeah, one, yeah, one time I almost like twisted my whole ankle like really, really badly. And I, like, it was bad for months where I could barely walk. So, basically, they're drawing a map in the sand of, you know, this is where uh, what we found on the... Uh, the the pottery pottery thing? yeah and she's like well what happens if we just draw this line here you know and this is the mummy's cave so uh, Maria's in there doing her thing mm-hmm. so he said well basically that means that her tomb would be somewhere behind this cave so there's got to be some sort of connection between the two yeah definitely so they're definitely trying to recreate it and trying to sort out like okay what's the connection here and they want to start digging to find out what um, more they can uncover and hopefully get more information and uh, it's clear like they also like no one seems like perturbed that Dr. Petrie just kind of died yeah <laughs> and no just, one's really worried about like, it like hey let's don't get him back down like, to the I, city or I, anything. I guess the natives killed him oh well let's go back to work <laughs> Yeah, and where's the body of the mummy? Yeah, no one's worried about the yeah. No one's worried about the mummy's at. Like, just figured the natives stole it and killed the guy. It's like that's incredibly disturbing. I would be very concerned if that happened. So basically, yeah, they're still trying to get to the um, the tomb of Princess Anaka, and mm-hmm. this is where you see um, oh, what's his name, 
Ali, is that Ali? I believe so, possibly. I believe right. it's Ali. So, um, the jackals are howling in, and the mummy's making his way down the side of the cliff, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, the beggar guy goes into the tent. And you notice he's wearing a medallion now, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is, he's going to put the vial into one of the tents. The tents to bring the mummy specifically there. Yeah. It's incredible that he said like they made this film for like eighty two thousand dollars for eighty four yeah eighty four yeah so um, basically he puts that bottle in there here comes the armed guard he's got the gun goes into the tent looking around hey don't see anybody well you know while I'm in here I might as well look around basically yeah yeah I'm already investigating so I might as well just find everything I can and the mummy's still slowly coming yeah. down the side of the mountain I like how small those black dots are in this screen where even they keep framed in for this scene like the little black dots in his eye to make it you know oh, appear yeah. so uh, unholy basically so the one guy looks and he sees the vial and the mummy is at the tent entrance now and he comes walking in and this is really cool right those eyes dude yeah it's looking impressive really great yeah and he's always choking people out with his left hand yeah never uses his right hand you know that's why it's the mummy's hand and not the mummy's hands. The words are there for the sequel. Say, hey, you know, uh, we've been digging a long time. We better knock it off for the basically the union for the picketing, archaeological picketing is going to get on to us. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, it's tiring, you know. Yeah. Some people just said they're worn out. He made his whole thing about it. Look, she said, wasn't there this urn filled with leaves? She's like, there's none in here now. So they have taken all those leaves out of there, so there's no evidence of those tana leaves left in this uh, cave that they've been digging in next to where the mummy's tomb yeah. was. It's unclear to me. Like, is this like the magic of the tomb itself, or is it like Professor Abdomen trying to take that around or something like that? Did he take all the leaves for himself, maybe for later, or what? I, I think like so. I think maybe he moved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but my thing is, how who took them? Yeah, I really don't know. Well, I guess I would assume it to be like the Professor Adamant's assistant, the beggar, basically, who's the spy in his own right. Like, I would guess he does all these tasks. He seems like to be the but, main but man. If you remember, but if you remember, um, the mummy killed the doctor in there, and then uh, the mummy and the the, the uh, Abno, Abdom, Abdahed. And the head. Yeah. And they, the both, head. they both left, and they, them people have pretty much been in there the entire time, so I really don't know where the leaves went. Yeah, it's so, plot hole. Plot hole continuity is kind of so, a little bit loose in this movie. Um, it's late at night, um, so they're gonna—they're all gonna return. So Savini and his uh, daughter go into one tent. Um, yeah, and this is and where they Marta find. Unfortunately, finds the dead body of the uh, guy who was just murdered by the mummy. Uh, body number two. Body, they, yeah, number two. Number two. Um, you know, Mr. Dose. He's like, he's dead. <gasps> How that happened? Those gray streaks on the throat. Yeah, the gray streaks on the throat. I was like, "What well, really?" Okay. <laughs> like, did his gray rub off on him? Like, <laughs> so now we have Petrie and Ali were both already choked to death with the left hand of the mummy, since his right hand he doesn't use much. Um, so Steve goes to his tent, uh, and he gets something out. What's he get? Like a uh, find out here. It's because oh, he's got his guns, a revolver. His, yeah, his guns and his, his belts, his gunslinger belts. Yeah. So Ali and the mummy are still mummies. They use the same shot of the mummy that they going down I the believe, mountain. I believe, yeah, they just recycled the shot and kind of just maybe played the speed a little bit. Yeah. So now um, Maria is or Marta, not Maria. It's Marta. That's her name. Marta. Yeah. Oh, I, it is Marta. I said, yeah. I said Maria. Sorry, we've been calling Maria. Chicken scratch hand writing. Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> uh, so basically, you know, she she grabs Steve's hand. You know, he's holding her hand. She's like, I'm scared. He's like, you know. 
I gotta go get some help and I'll come back. And uh, as soon as I know that you and your father are safe, you know what I mean? So here you have the, um, I guess this is Ali again, right? Cutting the, or not Ali, uh, the beggar guy. Yeah. Cutting the straps of the tent again. And this is where he cuts it and it comes in again. And uh, once again, he is going to put another A new vial. vial. Yeah. So, um, basically, I think he had nine Tana leaves in the first one, and this is over that then, right? Yeah, it seems to me like he's almost pointing out, like, I was like it's nine Tana leaves per kill, basically. This is the, the payment for the mummy to um, do these actions. So, it's a bit of an odd continuity, possibly, there, too, where it's like it's not explained quite properly, but it does it good enough, basically. Like, hey, as long as he keeps getting Tana leaves, he's going to keep killing. Yeah. As so, basically, they're going to... They're gonna, uh, pack up and get Marta to safety and she's talking to Babe at the fire and he's like, hey, don't let anything happen to him. He's like, ah, yeah, you know, I won't, basically. Mm-hmm. So the mummy still... What I don't understand also is why did the mummy leave the campsite then? It's like he left and, and it's the same time frame. Yeah, well, he got his tan leave, so he went to go take his break. It's just, he, he had his 15 minutes. The moment you hear that, he's a smoker, so he goes out. You you get, know, he those, gets five breaks a day because he smokes. That's those tan leaves went right through him. He had to go to the bathroom. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, he, he rolled them up. He Can't had a cigarette. Just he, and, like, I got to get my smoke break. I need like 16 of these a day, as, as all workers do. <laughs> oh, and she gives Steve a kiss. Oh, how cute. I got uh, a crush. He's like, what? Yeah. Hey, and Babe's over there choking. Mm. Does he swallow a rock again? Probably. Can't get it figured out. Ugh. One day I'll figure out how to make this rock magical. <laughs> He's like, hey, what happened? He's like, I was practicing my rock trick. And Steve's like, really? <laughs> He's like, next time you better be practicing on real people, not yourself. A pebble, not real people. Oh, sorry. <laughs> pebble, real people would be interesting too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Savini, you know, he sat down and he's seen that little vial there and he touches it and, and then he just dismisses it. Doesn't Marta it gets in her nightgown and she's like, I'm afraid, Pops, what's, what's going to happen? Is there something uh, about that cave that none of us understands? And Salvini's like, um, you know, oh. eh. It's a no, nothing. It's a We're all just unstrung. It's it's been a it's been a long day. Two people have died. You know, it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> he says in a month we'll be back home. She's like, okay, pops. <laughs> I was yeah. like, everything's okay. Yeah. And here comes the mummy. You know, just basically rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's moving a little faster now, though. It seems so. That's the second he's, while. He's getting tan leaves. He, yeah, he's excited to get back on it. He's feeling good. He's having a good day. So you got Babe and uh, Steve. Steve. Yeah. They're outside, yeah, and here comes the mummy. Look at this shot. The mummy yeah. shadow creeping over uh, Marta. The hand is so good in that scene. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And he comes around, and he comes in where uh, the, father first. the guy had slipped the tent. He mm-hmm. comes in. He sees the vial. <gasps> I got my drugs. He takes it, and this is where Sylvania is like, whoa. That's not right. I didn't ask for a mummy tonight. And there's his eyes again. That's wow, so fancy. This pure black So eyes. he chases him and he's, he's shaking him. And here's what I don't understand. And so Marta screams. Mm-hmm. He looks. Uh, he even black out his mouth, too. It's I so know. good. My thing is, why... You come to find out that the Salvini isn't dead here. Mm-hmm. Why? I guess he's knocked out, like you know, like. I mean, uh, do you think he's just startled? Or he, from... he he passed out from being choked, and then Marta screamed, and then uh, the mummy immediately took Marta because, as monsters do, they got to take a lady. 
And so he's carrying her up the side of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, that'd be really hard, number one, with the mummy being in all those bandages and everything, all the makeup and stuff that he was in. But then having her lay like that, she's, like, got her Completely head. Completely lifeless. Like, and like, yeah, like, yeah. flipped over. Yeah. And so uh, Babe a, and Steve are after him. Um, they go in there. They don't know where he went. Um, and the mummy's still just shambling. Along. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, hey, look, this earners must, they must have come through here. He's like, but where could they have disappeared to? He's like, look, I'm going to take a look outside. Hmm. But he's so like, there and not by myself. And now they see the Ando has assistant, yeah, the, the bigger guy, King Beggar, old man. We should probably get a name for him someday, but not today. He's gonna do his knife trick. Oh no, but some gunshots flew at him. Steve shot and killed um the alms guy. Just go so bullets beat guns. They said, hey, it's the bigger guy from the bazaar. He's like, Well what's he doing? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. And so he finds the medallion around his neck and he's like, Ah. So that brings me a question. Um, so does the high priest and all the followers have that medallion or did the high priest give him that medallion so the mummy would be there following his instructions? Um, I don't remember seeing the scene of Adam giving him a medallion, but it's clear that he is like Andoheb's right hand man to a degree. His right. assistant does all the legwork, so it's possible that he made another medallion specifically for him to direct his forces. But um, it's possible, like, the mummy would know not to attack Andoheb or um, this beggar, basically. This <laughs> and so basically... <laughs> oh, he's got his... Yeah, uh, uh, babe's got poopsie, brings poopsie. on, gives her a kiss, and mm-hmm. you know you gotta be with me now. Gotta have that good luck. So the mummy has brought the... Look at her just laying there lifeless, yeah. and he's going down the stairs. I feel like I am surprised there was not a huge accident with uh, the mummy walking yeah. down the stairs here. <laughs> that was shot 1 to 15. Right, <laughs> so... Uh, he's carrying her, and look, he's just dragging that foot, you know, one step at a time. You know, mm-hmm. it's very well done. Impressive work. And this uh, whole set actually looks incredible. Oh, it does. What is that, gigantic yeah. camel in the background? Yeah, like a like a pharaoh head or some degree. Like a, uh, I can't remember the god's name, but, yeah. Hmm. Amun-Ra? Amun-Ra, yes, Amun-Ra, probably. That's probably a statue of Amun-Ra. Yes. So he basically, no, watch, he just, he just throws her on the table. He kind of just slings her on, like, watch, yeah, watch her head. give up. Boink. There you go. Boink. There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, that kind of hurts. She's like, he yeah. He's like, look, you know, you're going to return to the tombs. You'll find more of your fluid. Um, we'll go while the moon is your high. Your tan leaves juice. So your power to move wanes with the moon. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's like, look, you've only got a select amount of time. you gotta, you got to get this. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Marta passed out on the table. you got Steve coming in. Uh, he looked outside. He didn't find anything, so he's going back inside, and he finds, I think, a, a piece of the pottery that was cracked on the urn. Tosses yeah. it aside, doesn't find anything. Finds another piece. He's going to ah, find the marking. That, this yeah. might be the marking that I was missing all along. The pieces he needs to um, get to that um, tomb we just saw previously. The secret chamber. The so secret, he's, secret chamber. He's going to put Mama. them all together like a Lego. Yeah. Now the mummy going down the stairs again. He's like, oh, stairs. Yeah. So now we have uh, Marta is now strapped down to the, uh, I guess, the stone altar, if you will, mm-hmm. in the uh, high priest chambers. He's like, hey, you know, you're very beautiful. So before I'm going to make you immortal, like Karis, you will live forever. So basically, I guess we could call this the bride of the mummy, if you will. Something kind of equivalent to it. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's the goal. Now, my question is. If he does this, does he have to bury her alive, or can he just make her drink the tannis leaves and 
she becomes, and she'll look like that forever the way she looks. Well, I don't necessarily know if she had buried necessarily, but definitely, I imagine, like, has to drink the tan leaves and be wrapped up and possibly go through the whole um, torturous process of vacation in the first place, and then she'll eventually reincarnate. But the part of being buried, eh, maybe, maybe you can do it without it. Who knows? But it definitely has to be, like, put in a sarcophagus and that kind of stuff. That's what I think. You know. And there goes the mummy stumbling along. Yep. Hey, Craig. <laughs> Says, uh, you know, I'm gonna pray enough of these supposed to make us both immortal. Oh, so he's gonna do it to himself too. Yeah. So I didn't catch that the first the time. The guy's been alone for a while. He said, like, you know what, this random woman I kidnapped, I'm gonna make her my wife, basically. Now I have a question. If they make them both immortal, does that mean that nobody will be able to feed the tan leaves to anybody else? Or does you drink so much you're immortal automatically forever anyway? Remember how they said three you every full moon, nine you could kill somebody, and then if you do more than nine you're an unstoppable monster, basically. I think you're kind of, kind of I, I think you're thinking about it more than they did. <laughs> True. It's just the way my mind works. Yeah, I know. So um, Steve is back in there, and he's like, oh, there's got to be a chamber here somewhere. So he's thinking, hey, is this behind the, the what's behind door? Tomb number one. Yeah. So he's like, wait a minute. If yeah. I just push right here. If I give a push and a tuck there, then boom, secret door time. Yep. I'm a great secret, archaeologist. Secret panel. Yep. It's like the price is right, only with mummies. Actually, that's just the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> Old people joke. Show us on the Showcase Showdown. Have your pets spit or neuter, folks. <laughs> R.I.P. Bob Barker. He's not dead yet, though, is he? Is he? Uh, I don't think he is. No, Bob Barker's still alive. Drew Carey's been hosting the show for like five years now, I think, though. Yeah. Drew Carey, great actor, too. So the mummy, Steve's inside this secret chamber now, and he's looking around like, hey... And here comes the mummy, unbeknownst to Steve, is behind him going down the same secret chamber. And now we have the guy has this gigantic needle. Remember, folks, get your COVID-19 vaccine right here. Exactly, get your vaccination. He's got a big old needle. And you'll live forever, just like these two folks. (laughs) Or you don't even have to go through some experimentation first, you know, like walk around like the mummy for the rest of your life. But still... <laughs> the mummy just got back sticker. Yeah. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> the mummy walks around with an FDA approved <laughs> mummy. Oh no! Those political uh, cartoons. I can I can see him now. So wow. uh, Bob Barker is ninety seven years old. He's going to turn ninety eight this year. Good for him. Yeah. So uh, Poopsie or uh, Babe's out there. Babe, with Poopsie. With Poopsie. He's like, Come on, Babe. Poopsie, let's go. So he's. He's on the outside. He's going up to the temple from the outside. Steve is obviously in the secret chamber. And poop and Babe looks. He's like, oh, man, look at all those that's, stairs. That's, that's got to be the place. i got to yeah. go up these stairs. Yeah. Hmm. So the high priest is sitting there waiting, and he pulls out the secret compartment in his drawer where he has, yes, not only knives and, and needles, but, yes, a revolver, revolver he tucks into the yeah. uh, uh, sleeve of his robe, which, hey, you know, yeah. Maybe he's uh, been watching the Great Silvini too much. Even the man, of, you know, even the man of the cloth carries a cult. So here we go. So here's where the high priest goes. You know, I wouldn't shoot me if I were you. He's like, well, so Professor Andy. Mm. He's like, uh, what are you doing out here in these mountains <laughs> selling real estate? <laughs> he's like, where's the girl? He's like, you're never going to see her again. Yeah. And he's like, no, she's dead. You know, no, she's not dead or something. Like that. Yeah, or something. He said, "I'll give you three to tell, count of three to tell me." She's, he's like, "I'm not kidding." He's like, "One." He's like, "You wouldn't shoot an unarmed man in cold blood." He's like, two. And he's like, "If you were to kill me, you would leave a large, mo- larger monster whom only I can control." And he's like, three, Babe shoots him. Boom!" And this Damn. is a great scene too, where the priest gets shot and he's going flying down the stairs. Yeah, 
I wonder if they sped up this footage or if he actually really fell down that fast. If he did, I'd be worried about him. But if they sped it up, then that's probably a lot better. No. Yeah, yeah, I still think it would hurt either way. Yeah. And this is where he's like, you know, the mighty Isis, forgive me. Basically, I have failed you. And Babe's like, hey, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Babe, so, save the day. So he goes walking inside and Steve comes around the corner and he's in the big chamber now, if mm-hmm. you will. Mommy, not far behind. Yeah. Slowly shambling towards him. He's going to catch up someday. And he turns the corner, and this is where he sees Marta on the altar. Runs over. Marta! And he's like, she's like, how'd you get her? She's like, Steve! Yeah, I fell, and then I, I woke he's up alive. He's like, yeah, down. I know. She's like, Pop all right? He's like, he's all right. He's just shaking up. Now this is, he, the mummy could have choked the life out of him quicker than that. Yeah, it so. could have been dead. Who knows? <laughs> so here comes the mummy, still trying to get down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, the mummy's so like one of those creatures, you know, uh, that it's kind of reminds me of Michael Myers, you know, no matter how slow he moves, yeah, you know you're in trouble. You get to chase down everyone but still walk at the same time. <laughs> so uh, he breaks a vial of the candle leaves. And the, the mummy's eyes there is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She's like, Ernst, you know, the urn Steve there is full of it. So the mummy's going over there and he's trying to shoot the mummy. Nothing's happening. And the mummy's like, yeah, whatever. And if mummy, I get this. I don't care about mere mortal weapons. Right. But, you know, I got mummy power. And then Mummy the eyes. So he grabs Steve left Mummy and he's going for the uh Tannelies, and Steve tries to give him the old shoulder block, gets thrown, breaks another vase. Mm-hmm. And here comes Babe. And he's like, Babe, stop him you know, and this is where he's going for the thing. So he, he shoots the actual he he shoots the actual cup of all the tana leaves and it's leaking. And this is a sad scene. The mummy gets down his hand and starts licking the floor. Yeah, because he's gotta get it all. Yeah. Everything you can get, you know. Yeah, in a pathetic way, but and also... This is really the cool scene. He takes the, the fire that was on there, throws it on him, and the mummy catches on fire. Just basically, you know, all that kindling he's got with all those wraps on him. Mm-hmm. And probably the tannis leaves uh, that were boiling were probably flammable, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. Um, if you look at the mummy, he's just... Man, he is just... Not having burning a Burning to a crisp. Mm-hmm. Just like Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, boy... And then, and then she, she just passes out. Passes out. Damsel in the stress. Babe's like, oh, it's just like a woman. Back in the older movies, folks, kind of thing. <laughs> Babe passes out right next to. Him. Also, damsel in the stress. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, so then you see like the sun, uh, the moon going down. Next day, they're back at the bazaar shop, and he's like, the beggar's like, hey, it's from far away, and she's like, nope, we ain't buying any more vases, dear. You know, we're done with that. Yeah. Going back to America, she's like, anything you say, boss. And Babe's like, hey, Steve, Steve, I got a cablegram for you. Yeah. And Sylvania is like, everything on the ship, right? He's like, yeah, the jewels of Anakas are safe in the ship's vault. And um, he's like, what's cooking, partner? He's like, read it. And so it says, the job in the bone washing department is no longer open. Stop. I'm making it myself. Stop. You're getting my job. Best regards, Doc Lyons. <laughs> and that's the end of the Universal Monsters. So, mummy. Kyle, what did you think of The Mummy's Hand? I think it's a fun movie that I and uh, it's it's uh, overall it, you can tell it's kind of like a little bit of a cheaper sequel than the original Mummy but this is definitely also going to, a little far off like having like dark scenes but also very funny scenes so I thought it was pretty fun overall so overall pretty good movie worth watching if you're a fan of the Universal Monsters right. what do you think? 
Um, I really thought that the mummy looked really good in this, um, especially what they did with his eyes and mouth where they blacked out this entire thing. And then if you notice at the end there where uh, they dropped the vial, you can see some of the white of his eyes come back, you know, and like, oh, now I'm really screwed. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was it was, it was was really well done. Um, mm. Was Babe a little over the top in some of the scenes? Yeah, a uh, little, little comedy relief. And that's what I don't understand. Um, it, the Universal Monsters is there's always some... Like we saw in Dracula's Daughter, there's always some uh, uh, like comedy in here. Like the two, remember the two guys, that, oh, the guy, the two cops, the, in Dracula's yeah, Daughter, yeah, yeah, the guys that was you know watching the bodies and all that. So um, I like that they threw a little bit of comedy in there, uh, but it was really well done. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my first time watching that one, so I really enjoyed it. Yep, overall pretty fun show. All right, Kyle, I think this episode of the Universal Monster Series is coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut.